I am swinging from a seven-story window Throwing parties in a ten-by-seven cell It's astounding the legs I'll go To convince the whole damn world I don't need anybody's help Yeah, I am waving while I drown Don't bother swimming out to save me I will only drag you down I'll try to use your body as a life raft Cause if there's room enough for one There must be room enough for two I'll sail the good ship you into the sunset Sipping on savory water Till my liver turns blue na Put down your pets, put down your pencils, step away from the keyboards and settle in for a very special Valentine's Day episode of The Writer's Block. First and foremost, allow me to thank Don and Sally Wright for giving birth to me because without that magical moment, none of this would be possible. Also, let me thank Muddied Waters Media for uh, allowing me to do this show. And as always, thank you to Grassroots Kava House for the kava that I get to luckily drink every day of my life and on this show. To everybody above, I say, Bulavanaka. I put that one in the fridge, which is amazing because it's cold and it's not like slightly room temperature. Um, and that just makes it so much better. Also, let me thank the Narcissist Cookbook for the music that I play at the beginning and end of every episode. And if you all are looking for a very, very special treat, if you go visit the Narcissist Cookbook on YouTube, you can uh, listen to him... Uh, do a completely legal reading of um, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis. I have actually fallen asleep to it numerous times. Uh, it's great. You get to hear like this portly British ginger talk, uh, read slightly Christian <laughs> books to you. Uh, allow me to thank uh, Mr. Jason Lyon. No S. Jason Lyon for coming on my show today. He is the host of the show, Mr. Murka, the Bearded Truth. Jason, what is going on, buddy? Oh, man, not a whole lot. Thank you for having me. I mean, uh, Valentine's Day special, so, you know. Yeah, I mean. Thank you for being mine, I guess, you know. You know, (laughs) you are are my very special Valentine today. Uh, (laughs) It was was funny because, like, when I was like trying to find somebody to do this episode, everybody's like, when is it? I'm like Thursday. And they're like, they're like Thursday. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, that's Valentine's day. And I was like, is it? 
Oh. <sighs> Who needs love? It's 2019. Right. You, you just can... need to have a good show, have a good time. Exactly. We all have computers. Love's out there. Um, <laughs> the government's going to start putting up paywalls for it. Um, <sighs> Don't talk about Hawaii like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. Yeah. What is this world coming to, man? What is what is this entire country coming to? It's it is absolutely my favorite um, thing. Ever. Um, <laughs> this entire country has absolutely just um, it, it doesn't know what's going on anymore, and I love it. It's the most entertaining time in American history. It has to be. I can't imagine anything better than this. <laughs> I couldn't imagine anywhere else in in having a having a society built so much around technology being like, you know what history, we don't need you anymore. We're not going <laughs> to listen to you. We're not going to learn your lessons. We're just going to do our own thing and just hope that, you know, we don't repeat the, the mistakes of the past. Right. We're, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, those who, those who refuse to remember the past are doomed to repeat it or whatever that saying is. Yeah. Yeah. We have tossed that just right out the window. <laughs> we don't give any craps about that. It's, Oh no, we're going to bury all of this. We're going to push yes. it so far down. It's going to be like a drunk Irish man with his feelings. And then eventually it's all just going to come bursting back and somebody's going to go, we, we told you this would happen. Well, it wasn't done by the right person before, <laughs> <Right>. of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh. I, I love... I think uh, I think it was Thomas Sowell, and and I'm certainly going to one specific political point with this, but uh, you know, to ignore the the failures and the devastation and the atrocities that is socialism, to advocate for it, um, you're not ignorant. You're actually like somewhat of an intellectual to be able to go around all of that uh, the the gross amount of information, and and that just really speaks to I would say mo- more the American society, but. Uh, as a world altogether as well. Oh yeah. Um, I, I read that quote the other day. I actually read it to my dad because he didn't, he, he doesn't, he didn't know who uh, Thomas Sowell was. And I was like, dad, I'm going to read one quote. <laughs> and it was, it was that quote. And he was like, yeah, that's accurate. Who is yep. this guy? I was like, he's a libertarian kind of like political economic guy. And he, he was like, all right, I'll, I'll read some of him. I was like, yes, I'm bringing one of the best. Yeah, probably one of the best economists alive to this day yeah. or right now. Easily. He and uh, Walter Williams are two of my favorite living economists today. <laughs> That's why I went to George Mason University was so I could study under Walter Williams. But then I found out drugs are fun and that does not really <laughs> play into going to economics class. Just a little little marijuana never hurt no one. A little marijuana <laughs> did not ever hurt. It, yeah, it wasn't the marijuana that hurt anybody. It was everything <laughs> else. Um, woo! I am I am feeling lively today. Um, but uh, so you are the host of Mister Murica, the Bearded Truth, which people can find on the old Twitter and Periscope and. The YouTube land, the YouTube and, uh, land, and- maybe one day back to the YouTube world. We'll see. Right. <laughs> um, so, how is it that you got into being libertarian? I think you're a libertarian. Libertarian. I, I don't yes. know. Like, I hate identifying people as libertarians because 
most of the people that are libertarians don't identify with the, being a member of the party that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I'm like, are you a libertarian? And a lot of people are like, no, no, no. And yeah. I get that, I, but yeah, I can, I can get into both of those real quick. So how I got, did I just got into libertarianism? So I got into politics probably three, two, two and a half, three years, four years ago at most. Um, started getting into it because I had a guy on the submarine that I was, I was stationed on when I was in the Navy and, uh, he was left leaning. He was a big Bernie bro. He was a big supporter of that whole entire, like just socialist movement. And I was like, you're just a smug asshole. So I've got to like do research and figure out like how to just destroy your argument. So I got into politics from there and then I started reading and I was just like, uh, I started off as 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 a Republican, as a conservative. You know, my my entire family was that way, and uh, I started reading it and started like, I never just read one ideology. I always read the counters, and I'm like, you know, you could see the hypocrisy, you could see the 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 fear mongering, the hatred, and everything else. And I was like, that that's not me. You know, I I believe in in the freedom of the individual. I believe in 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 freedom. Um, much like what the founding fathers did. And so I was like, I can't really identify with that. Started to learn about the the history of the Constitution, learning about the Constitution itself, fell in love with the idea of absolutely limiting the government in every way, and uh, found Christian Hall. I uh, was was brought up uh, to, brought into the liberty movement by uh, Jason Stapleton and uh, transitioned from there. And uh, it really, it's it's, what brought me to being a libertarian was being consistent, being consistent on all, on all matters really brought me to, to the idea that government sucks. <laughs> let's, uh, let's bring the power back to the people. Um, and so I, I was always an independent libertarian. I knew I was a libertarian, but, uh, I wasn't uh, involved with the party at all. And, um, I, I started getting involved. If you guys know who Liberty in the South is, I got it, got involved with some of the, uh, the 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 admins there. Got on the got on the panel, got on the board, and uh, was helping produce content, getting involved there. And uh, Shane Sweeney, one of our uh, South Carolina's vice second vice chair, um, he got in touch with me. He was also from uh, Liberty in the South, and I had him over, had him on the show. And uh, he was like, yo, man, why are you an independent? Why aren't you fighting for liberty? Why aren't you actually doing something? And uh, so he he broke me down. And last year, I actually joined the party. So card-carrying libertarian. Yeah. I mean, I, when, I, when I first moved here to Florida, like we were talking about before, I, uh, before we started, um, I joined the libertarian party down here. And I got pretty involved. I started working on some campaigns uh, down here. We were right in the middle of a special election for uh, House of Representatives in my district. And so I got really involved in that campaign. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I ended up climbing, climbing the ranks of the Pinellas County uh, chapter of the Libertarian Party here in Florida. And uh, I got in my, like, I was the secretary, then the treasurer, then the vice chair. And then anybody who kind of knows about Florida uh, Libertarian Party knows about some stuff that happened a few years ago. And 
some people who were, you know, accused of being racist. And I'm not going to say that those people would be wrong in saying that <laughs> because they are probably correct when they were talking about those people. Um, yeah. And uh, so I ended up just leaving the party because I was like, I'm not I'm not uh, down with being. I, I already yeah. I already have the haircut. I'm blonde and I have blue eyes. I don't need to be associated with these people any more than I already am just by people looking at me. That's the biggest struggle, I think. And and sorry to take this off the rails a little bit, but the biggest problem with the Libertarian Party is not the philosophy. And I'm sure we've all seen the memes where it's like, you know, gorgeous women lined up and it's like libertarian philosophy. And then the, there's a girl in the background like eating chips and just like looks <laughs> Fugly would be an accurate statement, I would say. And it's like, right. those are the politicians. Those are the people that people focus on, and it just destroys the entire thing. And so I don't I don't blame you for not wanting to be involved. Yeah, and then, you know, by that point, I was already... Yeah, I was already doing the show, I think. I'm not 100% sure. Um, I think I was doing the show. But I figured out that, like, I can spread the message of liberty doing this in a way that I actually... that I absolutely, uh, like, really enjoy doing... And I'm yeah. not being essentially bullied into supporting candidates that I don't like or I don't trust or who don't yeah. who aren't actually libertarian. I can support whatever candidate actually aligns with whatever values that I have, and that's where like the beauty of not being aligned with a party is, because you know like mm-hmm. the, the libertarians they say. Um, you know, they're like, oh yeah, Republicans only vote Republican and Democrats only vote Democrat, and you know they they need that other option. But if you're a libertarian, they they uh, essentially bully you into voting for libertarians just because no matter how terrible of the candidate they are. And I was just like, no, I'm out. I can't do this. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, that's so I'm actually running for either vice chair or chair coming up in May for Greenville County. And uh, that's the one thing I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be like, I'm going to be vetting them. I'm going to be like, look, it's a libertarian. I don't care. Let's let's look into them. Are they a good person? Are they a good liberty person? Right. Bill Weld comes into my county and is like, I'm running as a libertarian. I'm be like, sorry, bro. Sorry, bro. You can uh, you can ex nay yourself because uh, Noda, you know, um, <laughs> it's we're we have to if if we're going to be a functioning entity we actually have to have values and make sure that who we're supporting has the same or similar values exactly and yeah i mean that's been the biggest issue that we've had like i will say that the uh we had a gubernatorial candidate here in florida adrian wiley uh i know him great guy he carries true libertarian values now, now he's gone completely anarchist so like i'm not sure the libertarians would let him run anymore but um i don't have a problem with it like you do you yeah. you do you adrian i'm totally happy with it like we had we actually back in 2014 we had um adrian wiley and uh bill wolsifer that's weird i should have known that one he was my boss for years uh bill wolsifer who ran for attorney general and lucas overby and all of them at the time were very strict libertarians and they all were able to speak it and they all looked the political part. They mm-hmm. weren't out there, you know, they weren't out there leading with the hookers in the blow like other candidates tend to like to do. Like you, you can't start there with people. That's just, yeah. that's not going to work. You got to make it palpable or not palpable. You got to make it digestible. Right. I keep, I've used that word wrong twice now. <laughs> like, I, I don't know why that word keeps popping up for me. Digestible. digestible. I don't know why. Yeah, but, when, uh, when you put that in the chat the other day, I meant digest or palpable. <laughs> Man, you sound like a douche. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's okay. You and I vape. People already think we're douches. Uh, I I only pulled out the vape because you're a vapor. That's that's it. You know, I don't I don't want you in your Subaru to be left alone. <laughs> Please tell me you drive a Subaru. That'd be fantastic. I don't. I drive a Jeep. Um, All right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was like, you you hit the vape. I was like, yes. I'm a dipper, man. I am uh put it in a lip, fill the lip and have a good time. Gotcha. That's, yeah, that, that's... that 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 was my army days right there. Oh yeah. Um so we uh today is Thursday. So Tuesday. Tuesday, uh the House of Representatives they uh, did a little yes. vote and uh they did a little vote and they voted to uh withdraw US support from Yemen. From from Saudi Arabia, who has been going into Yemen, yes, right. Um, that is, I've like most libertarians, I've been railing against the Yemeni genocide that's been attempted by Saudi Arabia, um, and and since I learned of it, and I, you know, I didn't learn about it until mid twenty eighteen, right. Um, but this is this is something that's been going on since twenty fifteen, and and the true tragedy here, the true atrocity, is that President Trump has already like been a little vocal on wanting to wanting to veto this, and I, I think it's come down to a dick swinging contest, right? President Trump's like, hey, let me pull out of Syria and Afghanistan, and Congress is like, whoa, 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 whoa. hey, we gotta we gotta be in favor of war here, bud, and then they're like. All right, now that now that he's not going to expect this, we're gonna we're gonna go after after Yemen, and he's like, whoa, 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 hey, we got we got to sell guns to Saudi Arabia, right? It's it's a couple billion dollars. Let's let's keep the money flowing, boys. When uh, so a lot of a lot of the media that's hit over the Yemen the Yemeni uh, genocide that's been going on came yeah. after uh, the journalist uh, Khashoggi. Kar- Kashagi. Thank you. Kashagi. I was like, I don't know how to pronounce that name at all. Uh, after Kashagi was murdered by uh, the Saudi Arabian prince, and people were yep. calling for us to have some sort of backlash. And while I don't know if he handled it in the most tactful way, Trump gave the most honest and genuine press conference I've ever seen a president give, where he said, I am not going to destroy the global economy over one journalist flat out said it and i was like yeah. i was like oh my god that is the most honest thing a politician has ever said ever and yeah you know big on respects for you doing it but man i could not believe it when he did it um but since then everybody's been kind of more and more involved in the whole yemen situation and i find yes. and i find it weird that trump who is negotiating peace deals in North Korea. He's pulling us out of Syria. He's pulling us out of uh, Afghanistan. Is holding so strict on this one. And my only thought, my only thought on it is that he is afraid that if we stop helping the Saudis, then uh, they will immediately start getting help from Iran. Yeah, I, I, it's the it's the the entire area there um and back to the speech that you're talking about when he was brutally honest about the kashagi um incident uh, it was he was also saying during there that there was too much money that was being sold to saudi arabia through right. the arms deals these were this was uh something that was started with obama back in 2015 when this conflict started and um 
So it, it showed Trump and it, it really exposed him for how money is willing to sell him on values on that front, right? You can say, we're not going to go and destroy Saudi Arabia. We're not going to go and, and destroy the global economy. Absolutely. But when but when he refused to do that, there was there was certainly an issue. And yeah, the, the geopolitical war there, right? We don't want to, to give up Saudi Arabia to, to being able to be supported from Iran or as what the media is going to more focus on from Russia. Oh, you know, Mother Russia is going to come in and, and swoop in and, and Saudi Arabia is going to now be uh, be infiltrating everything, uh, including Tulsi Gabbard's uh, campaign. But um, it, well, it, it's, I mean, David Duke's already <laughs> circumventing that. He, he's getting out ahead of the Russians immediately. Oh, man, it, it's it's such a it's such a beautiful battle to watch like the media hystericalness over everything on this but uh yeah man it's where does the line get drawn when do we say you know what we have to we have to protect america's interests and that means protecting america's values and that's not committing genocide in another country like we got involved into so many different conflicts to prevent genocide now we're like ah, it's okay yeah, this one's fine. <laughs> this one's fine. It's a humanitarian effort. This one's a humanitarian. What's the difference between that and any other one? Um, but I mean, that was when back during, like, I, I hate admitting this, but I was sort of in my younger days, a fan of the Iraq war. And, uh, you know, that was when I was young and stupid and it I, happens. Right. And I was on a lot of drugs. So, you know, I blame the drugs. Um, but, but during that time period, everybody was all up in arms and being like, we have to be against this. We have to be against this. And, but then they were turning around and saying, we have to be, we, we need to be in Darfur in order to protect, you know, to stop the genocide that's happening there. And I said, okay, where is your line? Like you have a genocide happening in Iraq and then you have a genocide happening in Darfur. Why is that one important? And this one, you're like, no, that one shouldn't be happening. And that's where I'm just like, let them all deal with it. Then let them deal with the it. The conflict's only been going on for the last, what, 5,000 years? Exactly. I'm, I'm sure we can stop it. I'm sure America and its greatness will come in, put some boots on the ground, and, and the day will be saved. It will be. <laughs> Drop some freedom bombs on them. It'll be good. Yeah. The, oh, mean, here comes another drone. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the House uh, did vote 248 to 147, which is actually pretty surprising. That uh, that means a good number of Republicans flipped. Yes. Which is surprising. I'm not sure if it's going to pass the Senate, even though the Senate did pass a measure earlier that the House, when it was GOP, uh, GOP controlled, uh, rejected. So I'm not really sure what's going to happen once it gets to the Senate. But I know that they currently don't have a plan to vote on this. But no matter what, I honestly don't think it matters because Trump vetoes it either way, in my opinion. Yes. So I I, I, I think I agree with that assessment. Um, when it comes to the Senate, of course, we have to worry about uh, Turtle Turtle, uh, Cocaine Mitch McConnell. Oh, cocaine um, Mitch. <laughs> he's going to he's he's going to do what he does best. And that's play defense for President Trump. It, it's. I wouldn't say best. It's what he's been doing really well at lately, right? With the last government shutdown, he said, look, if if President Trump's not going to sign this bill, I'm not going to pa- bring it up to the Senate for a vote. Um, he held that pretty strongly. 
with the Green New Deal, like what you guys talked about on Tuesday night show, right? right? He was just like, oh, you guys want to talk about this ridiculous notion? Like, here you go. Let's put it up. Put your name on there. Put your name up there, boys and girls. You know, he he's doing some some decent moves um, for for alignment with the president. And I think that this would be another one of those where if the president who has already said he's he's willing to veto this, um, I don't think Mitch McConnell is going to make any movements to uh, make that a, a concern for the Senate. Right. So it, it's it's going to be a non-issue. It's just beautiful to see that and, and for the media to even even just blink and, and to show that on their screen for a couple seconds to wake up a couple more Americans. I'm, I'm all for it. Right. Um, real quick on the uh, green new deal that, uh, that <laughs> Mitch McConnell is putting up. I actually, I thought this was just a great troll move in all honesty. And like, I knew that he was going to be like anybody that's going to vote for it next time they're, you know, next time their elections up, they're going to have to answer for being dumb enough to vote for it. But at the same time, like Spike was saying on the show on Tuesday, like you can't vote against it if you're a Democrat because you'll piss off the AOC does nothing wrong wing of the Democrat party. But in the 2020 election, I think there are five Democratic senators running. Yes. So that means that they're going to be out on the campaign trail talking about why they were voting to get rid of air travel in 10 years. In nine years by then. Well, as they fly from from, right. from location to cl- location to have these speeches. Exactly. Yes. And um. It's a brilliant <laughs> move to do that because uh, you've got uh, Elizabeth Warren, you've got Cory Booker, you've got Kamala Harris, you've got uh, Minnesota. I forget her name. Uh, uh, she just yep. Amy, Amy Klobuchar. Klobuchar. Amy Klobuchar and the other one. Kristen Gillibrand. Uh, thank you. Kist- yeah, yep. Kristen Gillibrand. Um, and Kristen Gillibrand, all of them are going to have to vote for this and it's going to kill them on the campaign trail. Like this was an actually brilliant campaign move for the GOP for Mitch McConnell to say that this is something that needs to be done. I think that the, the, the big issue, um, that we're going to have is I'm sure that you and, and all of your viewers and everyone in America basically understands that the news cycle is no longer on a day. It's no longer on a 24-hour schedule. It's on a 15-minute schedule. So are we going to remember something from 10,000 news cycles ago? It's, it's unless the GOP is effective, and I hope that they would be, right? Um, and during the last, uh, during the midterms, they were effective at coming out and showing the the atrocities of what Democrats were pushing. If they can use it in that way and show, hey, look, they're trying to rebuild 30,000 buildings each day, which is what would be required under that bill. Right. They're trying to um, say no airplanes, all trains, which is the same same text that's written in Atlas Shrugged, right? Um, so we have 1984 and Atlas Shrugged both being the playbook for uh, for the left. Right. Beautiful. Um, you know, ending all cows. So we're going to start the movement towards vegetarianism here in this country because uh, if it farts, it's got to be killed. Other than people, of course, people, people are fine. Other than uh, maybe with the Google Ags, though. We'll right. see. <laughs> Corey, uh, Corey Booker, the, the, the presidential candidate who's definitely on the down low, um, allegedly on the down low. I'm not going to say definitely on the down low. Um, allegedly definitely on the down low. Alleged, yeah, he's allegedly definitely on the down low. He recently, uh, he recently came out. I don't know if you saw this or not. I was reading it uh, this morning, I believe. 
But he recently came out and uh, said that he is going to be fighting, since he's a vegan, he's going to be fighting against milk and cheese and meat and things like that. And you're going to try to take that away from Americans. You got zero shot. And, Good luck getting a single vote in Texas. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, you'll, you'll get some in Austin and maybe Dallas. But other than that, you, you got nothing coming for you. Like, that is not the hill you want your political career to die on. Him and Kamala are really, really messing up with the way that they're, they're campaigning early. They're, they're trying to... So whenever you're running a campaign, and I don't know if it was... I think Spike was talking about this as well, but you want to start off broad. You want to get every single person that you can early on. And and when you come out like like he is for for like you were saying the vegetarianism or the veganism and and when Kamala Harris is coming out and what was what was her event? She she just did something really stupid as well on her campaign. Uh, but but the, the, but the marijuana point, thing? No, that was like a media hijinks uh not hijinks but uh a cover-up effectively um she said something stupid in one of her recent ones i'll I'll find it and i'll send you send you a a snapshot of it but um but they're 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 trying to go straight to the specifics and this is this is one of the issues that the libertarian party has is that we go what we see right now is they go cocaine legalized legalize it it's just like we still have to win on marijuana. Like right. we have to, we have to win on the the one that doesn't actually hurt people, the one that doesn't actually cause like arguably detrimental things to a person. And so Cory Brooker, I think, is writing himself out. And and Kamala Harris is by the media. She's getting the Hillary Rodham Clinton red carpet deal. Um, I, I think you know, like you were saying on Tuesday, I think she's going to get the uh, nomination. You had said Joe Biden. Um, and I think that he would be a strong contender with with the amount of support that he has. Right. When when do you think uh, Bernie Sanders is going to throw his hat in the ring? Uh, if I had to guess, Bernie will. I mean, he's what seventy six? I think seventy five. Um, One hundred and four. Right. Whatever. Uh, so it takes <laughs> it takes him a little bit longer to do things nowadays. Uh, you know, just based on age. So I'm going to guess he's going to. Let's see. If most of us drive at 65, he's driving at 30. That means uh, he'll probably throw his hat in the ring at about uh, June, I'm guessing. Uh, June. I yeah. like it. Yeah. Uh, that, that's just my guess on that. Uh, you know. No, I, so I've, I've been watching his Twitter or his tweeters. Yeah, I've been watching his Twitter. Um, <laughs> I've been watching his Twitter account, and, and he's becoming much more politically active right now at least his account is whether it's his his staffers or whoever it is they're really getting involved and they're really pushing uh income inequality you know that that That, dastardly thing that 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 Um, wonderful thing where yeah and and he's pushing that so i think i think we're we're on the brink of him throwing his hat in again and and once again a politician lied to us he's like i'm not going to run a 2020 right just kidding boys and girls just like socialism i'm lying to you It's okay. I'm going to run again because the people need me. <laughs> that guy, he's entertaining, if nothing else. I mean, dumb as oh. a stump, but just entertaining as all get out. Um, but, I, I mean, I just can't wait for another round of numerous, 
numerous uh, far leftists going on and on about how we don't need another white male, uh, how we don't need another white male in office, and then start talking about how much they love Bernie Sanders. Like, definitely. Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, those two. Right. Two old white males. Two old white males. Heterosexual, cisgendered, they don't care, love them. Love them. Absolutely love them. They are uh, God's gift to the Democratic Party. But Kamala Harris or Tulsi Gabbard would make a great VP because, you know, women. Um, <laughs> you know, it's the, it's the Me Too era. Uh, yeah. You know, they deserve hey. a shot in there. And they... Uh, <laughs> whew, I am... I'm really sad about the Tulsi Gabbard situation. I am right? sad about it. I like Tulsi Gabbard minus her economics. Like, I genuinely think that she is a nice person. And yeah. I genuinely think that she could do some good. And if there was a GOP Congress in there, she wouldn't get any of her economic stuff passed. And I'm happy. Right. <laughs> Actually, nothing would probably happen. And, uh, yeah, that'd be perfect. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as long as the gridlock doesn't mean that both sides are happy, I'm happy. Right. It's it's the gridlock where they're both like, you know, like uh, the budget that's going on right now. Do you just want to you want to get half of what you want? We'll get half of what we want. And it's none of what America wants. Yes. Right. Exactly. Yes, let's do that. The the GOP budget, which uh, was I believe it was signed today. I know it passed the Senate today. I don't know if Trump actually signed it. But the three hundred and thirty three billion dollar budget. Just because, just because, um, I was, I was actually trying to find stuff on the budget today. <laughs> that was really, really difficult. I, yeah, no, I, I even made a post about it. I was like, why is it that every article, every news station wants to talk about something, but they're like, should we put them a, a link in there so that people can go read it for themselves? Nah, it's too much. They wouldn't want to read it. Right. Just believe us. Just believe us. We've never been fake news before. We've never lied to We've you. We've never lied. Uh, <laughs> Yet the only thing that I can find on the budget, there's only one number that I can find on the budget, and it's $1.4 billion for the wall. And everybody's saying this is less than the $1.65 billion he was offered in December, and he probably should have taken it. Which, yeah, he probably should have taken it. But who doesn't enjoy a good government shutdown? And, I mean, you know, minus TSA. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, everybody's like... He should have taken the other one. He's taking less money now. I think this was all part of the plan. Initially, he knew that this was going to happen. They were going to offer him less money, and he was going to have to go out and say, the Democrats don't want to protect this nation. They're only giving us money for a 55-mile uh, barrier that isn't yep. even a wall. In it, they banned the use of concrete, which I thought yep. that was weird. And you can only use in a very... Alexandria Casio Cortez phrase, you can only use technology available today. Well, yeah, I mean, you can't, if it's not available to, today, you can't use it. Um, we have to invent the things that haven't been invented yet. Exactly. Actual quote from her. Yeah. I love it. The, the woman is so smart. She, I like, she must have put that part in the budget. Um, <laughs> but because of, uh, because of the, 1.4 billion people, you know, people on the left are saying this is a loss for uh, this is a loss for Donald Trump. People on the right are saying this is because the Democrats hate us. Uh, nobody's taking the loss and nobody like each people are blaming the loss on the other person. Yep. And in all fairness, 
it's just a complete failure of government from top all the way down to bottom. Yes. <laughs> it's how dare you hold people accountable for their actions. Right. You need to be a partisan hack and just blame the Democrats or blame the Republicans every time. Yeah, no, I mean, this is, this has been, um, if we can rewind to the last shutdown, um, the media, the Democrats, and, and a lot of people were blaming Trump right. for that shutdown. And Trump said that he was willing to shut down the, the, the government. So they gave him or they, they jumped on that train. This shutdown, unlike the 2015 shutdown or uh, sorry, 2000, 2013 shutdown with President Obama um, and the 2015 shutdown with President Obama, he actually vetoed those bills. So it's hard to blame Trump on those. And, and I'm certainly not a Trump supporter by a, a large margin, but I'm just objective about this. It wasn't Trump's fault. It was blocked by the Senate, so it's Mitch McConnell's fault for that entire shutdown. Right. Uh, can we at least blame the right party? And and if, if people were willing to negotiate, and neither side has been willing to, now that we've put this trash bill out there, and there's 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 a lot more more stuff in there about like the ways that we handle the actual immigrants that came through the border and and the conduct and like you can't shackle pregnant women anymore and it's just like why can't we shackle the pregnant women i want to shackle a couple of pregnant women they can't run now um but it, <laughs> joking aside um there's there's just a lot of for an 1185 page bill to be thrown through so quickly where is where is the accountability right right who read all of that Nobody. Nobody. I no. think there was one senator that was like, I'm I'm not voting right now. I may vote later, but I haven't read it. Right. I think uh Grandpa. Yeah, go ahead. I, I was gonna say I think that uh I think in the house one person voted present because he did not read the bill. Yes. And every I mean nobody else read the bill either. But I mean one person was at least honest about it and just voted present. Um as far as, but yeah, like you've got a bill that size. It was a giant. What's that? Um, I, I realized I was lagging. It was like the first omnibus bill that President Trump had to sign. And, and Rand Paul was like frantically on Twitter, like tweeting out a bunch of the atrocities within. It was like, this is horrible. Like nobody's reading this stuff. There's only like 24 hours to read this. No one's going to read this. And it's just like, that was a big wake up call to America that these are, these are atrocious the way these omnibus bills go or the way that these um, resolutions go. And right. like you had said, this was a uh, $330 billion for this budget to be in passed. It's less than 25% of the government. That makes it even worse. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the entire bill got passed and, now because this bill is passed and trump is very upset uh trump is very upset i think we just lost facebook i don't know how that happened um but, huh, we're still on youtube um <laughs> uh but uh yeah because this bill got passed and trump is very upset about it and he's saying that this isn't a good deal and we made a terrible deal and yeah they did make a terrible deal but the GOP is notorious for making terrible deals when it comes to budget time. They absolutely have zero, as Spike would say, chutzpah, uh, when it comes to making a deal. That's got to look real, sound real weird coming out of this face. Um, <laughs> um, but he's, 
they have zero you know chutzpah when it comes to making any of these deals they're just like no i'm not gonna yeah we'll give you whatever you want we just ask for this one tiny thing and that's what they're continuing to do even when they had the power even when they were in the majority they couldn't get a budget passed because they were too afraid of offending the people in the minority it's looking at the way that here's what I have to give credit for Democrats. Democrats say I'm going to campaign on push, putting up ridiculous green new deal plans. And then they get into office and, and what do they do? They put up green new deal garbage, right? Like they follow through every, most times they, they follow through the GOP GOP is like, we're not going to spend any more for Planned Parenthood. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. And and whether they're in the majority, the minority, however they are, if they know it won't pass, they'll be loud and vocal. But as soon as they, they have the ability to do something, they're like, ah, we got to care about the others. Like you were saying, we got to care about the minority. We can't just bully them into this stuff. And it's just like, why did you get elected? Right. That's, that's the reason that the people voted you in. They vote. If, if what you're saying on the campaign trail is true and you actually care about the issues that you say you care about. If you say you care about not federally funding Planned Parenthood, I'm not saying closed Planned Parenthood. I'm just saying not federally funding it. Uh, If you're saying not federally funding Planned Parenthood, if you're saying um, to uh, uh, do tax decreases, if you're saying build a wall, why wasn't any of this handled in the first two years? Why have we waited until you lost control? In order to be like, no, we need to do all of this stuff now when you have absolutely no ability to be able to do it. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of so I know that the GOP strategy seems like it's it's they're going for the long game to not if they fix the problems, they're no longer going to be in office. Right. If they fix the it's it's the government justifying the government. Um, So when it comes to the GOP. In, in this way. And and so real quick, for the last two years when they had the majority, why they didn't get the wall? They didn't have 60 votes. Um, that was their big holdup. And and so I can understand them on that one. But um, when it comes to this now, right, they passed this resolution and then come September, right, um, now we're going to have, I want to say it's like 60% of the government's budget runs out in September of this year. Um, so they're not going to stagger this one either. And I'm sure they're going to do a full resolution. They're going to do or a full budget. And, and so they're going to pay off everything that they want, but they're going to, they're going to ha- <clears throat> have key parts of the government be set up to where they can use it as a crutch again and say, look, the house is not doing this. It's the Democrats fault. The Democrats won't let us do have our way again. Please forget about us when we were in the majority. Forget about what we were doing then, because right now we really need to still somehow fund this wall. Somehow we need to to we're going to fight for your Second Amendment by banning your bump stocks. We're going to we're going to (laughs) do we're going to we're going to do the things that we kind of said that we would do um, and we failed to do. So go vote for us again. And. And they they're like that on everything. And when you look at the look at just how they function, they are just the 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 speaker box. 
we're going to say a lot of good things and we're going to do none of them. Right. We're, we're going to sit here and just make a bunch of noise. Yeah. Um, I don't know why Republicans believe in the GOP or conservatives. I, I have not understood why they believed in the GOP since George Bush essentially proved he wasn't conservative. Um, because he, he wasn't. Uh, yeah. Any any time that you have a conservative, anytime that you have a conservative president say, we have to, I want to make sure I get this quote right. Uh, in order to save the free market, we had to do, we had to use the government to do something. Not, I, I don't remember the quote right now. I wish I did. Um, but yeah, you, you don't save the free market by doing something against the free market. That is actually ruining the free market. The free market is built in. So the film, the free market is supposed to be there without the government so that the government doesn't come in to try to save it. Cause anytime the government tries to save it, that's when issues arise. Here, I'm going to, I'm going to make you a free slave by uh, or a free person by putting these shackles on you guys. Right. Don't worry. Exactly. <laughs> um, I can give you a more recent one. The state of the union. President Trump says we we are a nation that is will not become socialist. We will not become a socialist nation. Right. And then he goes, mandatory family leave? Huh? Right. Huh? How do you don't, guys feel about that? Don't worry. <laughs> I'm going to be the first president to introduce mandatory fam- family leave. And mm-hmm. everybody went, yeah, that sounds great. And I went, what? <laughs> that, makes, <laughs> that makes no sense whatsoever. No, it's just, it's. Oh, I wish that I I I can respect the principles of a conservative, right? I can respect the principles. I can respect their values um, on some things, but to to accept this means that you just have to forego every bit of information that they've ever provided to you. And I I think that really when it gets down to it, um, conservatives fall to the same victim that socialists do that communists do that that marxists do and they think it just wasn't done by the right people (laughs) like could we just could we as a collective can we as the united states of america just say our government is just not been ran by the right people maybe we should stop just messing up everybody's lives and and work against it right let's limit them let's stop having them um if if we could move back to Sorry to bring up the Constitution, but uh, <laughs> if we can move back to the constitutional limitations, um, that government would be a tenth of what it is. A tenth. A like, tenth. And that's, that's like even pushing the limits of what's allowed. And, and we, we look at the DMV. We look at the VA healthcare system. We look at all these government-ran agencies and departments and programs and I've asked, I've asked multiple times throughout my shows, can anybody name one singular department or agency that um, provides a good or service to the people efficiently or effectively? I still, I, I'm still stuck with all these crickets. Like, I don't know what to do with them. Right. Somebody bring me a lizard. <laughs> like, I got to do something with these crickets, man. They're driving me nuts. There's nothing that they can do that's effective or efficient. And and certainly that goes down to my my borderline anarcho-capitalist roots but but honestly i'm i'm a minarchist um because why do we hate ourselves 
why do we why do we want to keep our entire populace enslaved with a 40 percent of tax rate why do we want to to keep ourselves and and having big brother looking over us and watching our everything and seeing like you know even facebook like everyone talks about how facebook is you have a conversation me and you have a conversation and facebook pops up an ad with what we talk about um the government's basically trying to do the same damn thing right now and we're just like nah, it's fine these yeah, accords are cool uh <laughs> It's funny, uh, I was reading how Jeff Bezos, Bezos, Amazon's famous wiener guy. Um, he needs he, to make that department. He, he does need to make that department. God, he needs to make that department. Um, <laughs> oh, man. I was reading about how he was railing against, against the government and against the media uh, for illegally spying on people. And I thought to myself, well, that's really weird coming from the guy that created listening devices and video recording devices for all of our homes. Hey, wiretap machine, how do I cook these eggs? Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, hey, hey, Alexa, the original, you know, the, the New Day parakeet that just repeats whatever you say to whoever's listening, uh, emailing all of your private conversations to random people accidentally, um, which actually happened if anybody didn't know that side note side note real quick and i'll let you finish there was a guy in florida i believe it was in florida um my friend sent it to me uh court case where a guy got his house robbed and asked for alexa's records of everything that was said to be able to try to find out information on on who the the robber was right and they sent them somebody else's alexa records right so they're not even like efficient with the stuff so it, it, oh. It's just horrible. So right. continue on. Sorry. Right. But he's complaining about like big brother overreach and governmental overreach. And the fact that, you know, the national inquirers got overreach, you know, like they're going above and beyond in their surveillance of everybody when he is legitimately, I'll, I'll throw Google in. Also, Google is also doing this, but, uh, they are legitimately creating, I forget the name of the company and Terminator. How did I do that? I love that movie. Um, it's been years. Sky, for me, Skynet. They're literally creating Skynet, yes. and they are literally creating Skynet. And all of our information is being recorded, and all of our information is being watched, and all of our information is being listened to, and things are being emailed places, and it's all being stored. But none of us care. We continue to have it on. Like we continue to have Alexis. I don't. But uh, yeah, me neither. Right. But you know, it's like my smartphone. I know it listens to me constantly. There are things that I'm actually kind of terrified that it's heard me say. Because um, <laughs> I yeah, say off-the-wall stuff, obviously, yeah. for anybody who's seen this show. Uh, you're, not, you're not a real libertarian if you haven't. Right. Um, but, yeah, the, the, he and Google, Amazon and Google, are essentially creating two corporations that are going to be competing with the government on who spies on us better. Yeah, the government's doing it to find out if we're doing anything illegal, and then possibly making the things that we aren't doing illegal, the things that we are doing that are legal, possibly making them illegal, or, or, uh, and Amazon's doing it so they can sell our information to people, which eventually will turn into the government, like the DNA companies that are selling our information yep. to the government. Yep. It's. Have you ever heard of the term technocracy? Yes. It's not very you have. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's that's been something I've been uh looking into a lot lately and and I know it's really big in Europe right now and and if any of the viewers haven't 
looked into this at all. It's it's crazy because it's it's where you have these technology companies actually coming in and subverting the government and ruling over the people and and certainly right amazon google facebook all of these these platforms and all these different entities are are working together to control us and and to manipulate us and and to tell you what is real news what is fake news what is allowed what's not allowed and and to to control the society um culturally is to control the the society politically because you know politics is downstream of of culture and and so we have these issues and and that's certainly something that obviously you've you've spoken about before and and i've spoken about a lot but how do we find an answer how do we find a solution to to the amazon to the to the facebook and and to that right and that's just it because of like you see people come out with uh, different alternatives for Google and, you know, just as a search engine and we'll, we'll just keep it to the search engine itself. Yep. Um, uh, Bing was awful. Bing, yes. Bing was terrible. Yahoo. I, I didn't jump on the Google train for a long time because for some reason I didn't trust it. And I found out why many years later. Um, but so I stuck with Yahoo for a, a really long time, but after a while they couldn't match the results that I could get from Google. Yep. Because Google just keeps storing all of that information and using it. And then you've got DuckDuckGo, uh, and DuckDuckGo stores zero of your information, which is great. But the results that they give you suck. Yes. I was I was gonna say that one, that one specifically. It's the worst. Like, I like you try to in a, a Bill's name and it'll be like, nah bro, that's that's not a thing. Right. Like that Go that was a drunk. thing in 1942. Do you mean the bill that passed in 1942 <laughs> that had to do with orange farmers in Florida? No, that's not what I meant. Yeah, it's it oh. it is like I I tried to jump on that train and I wanted to be yeah let's break that Google cord and everybody start using this and you know we all have to donate in order to make it work better. But no, if they're not storing the information, they don't know what you're looking for. Yep. So it's. We're stuck in a paradox, really. I mean, how do we how do we break the system from a system that doesn't do the same thing and have comparable results? Like it's we're we're almost like shackled to Google, or we could go back to the books. Right. I was gonna say two. I can't do that. (laughs) To a point, we are all completely shackled to Google. Like currently, right now, you're talking to me over Hangouts. We are broadcasting live over YouTube. Uh, I got my notes in a Google Doc. Like, Google is essentially a sponsor of this show. Yeah. More or less. And they're using all of the information that we're saying in order to learn more about you and me personally. And the people that are watching us, they're like, okay, so we've got so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so watching, and they seem to be liking what is being said. So they're storing that information as well. They're building massive, massive, multi, 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 I don't know what comes above a terabyte, multi-terabyte uh, <laughs> drives about our lives just so they can uh, cater the Google searches and what they advertise to us more specifically. When in yeah. all actuality, we just don't want to have pop-ups come up and we don't want you storing our information. 
more or less. <laughs> I got I to gotta get on the control shift in uh, the incognito mode. I'm just going to run incognito mode from now on and just try to combat it that way. I know that they still, they still keep that, right. that crap. But. And I, like I was, on a, I was on the incognito mode for a really long time. Um, I was on incognito mode for a really long time. And then somebody was like, you know, they still store that, right? That just means that it doesn't go into your web browser history. So That's I can, <laughs> I can look at my porn in incognito mode. And if I, you know, had a significant other who was like, Oh, well, why is this in your browser history? All right. Well, I don't have a significant other, so I don't care what's in my browser. history. <laughs> the CIA already knows what porn I watch. It doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know. Like, I feel like if you can't see it, it doesn't exist, right? That's that's the way it should work, right? Is and that's if we like, just run around bird box and everything, we'll be all right. And I mean, that's <laughs> God, a bird box reference. Nice. Um, and that and that's it, and that's what Google's running with. They're like, okay, people, <laughs> people out there are just going to forget that we exist like we're they're we're trying to become so much of their life we're they're going to forget we are actually <laughs> the one thing keeping their life running yeah no we are apologize i'm choking oh. a little bit um, oh you're fine <clears throat> we are nothing but a one or a zero to them right and that's that's it more or less we're we're a penny in the bank account and a one or zero on their screen and and we're stuck with it. There's no way for us to break free of it. Imagine imagine trying to get elected right now without using the internet. Impossible. Imagine yeah, imagine trying to start a business, brick and mortar and that's it. Um imagine imagine doing anything without having your smartphone, without having a smart car, without having a, a I say smart and I feel like it's an oxymoron sometimes. Right. Um you know, without having anything that's so in, intrinsically involved with the internet, it, it just doesn't happen anymore. And we're stuck with this. And I don't know, like I'm from Alaska and even out there, like you have people that don't have running water in their house and they're like, but we got the, we got that interwebs though. Yo, like let's sit down and watch some Netflix. Like there's no way for us to get away from this shit. And, and, Sorry, no, get away fine. from this stuff. You're, you're fine. And, <laughs> I've said much worse on this show. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know how the how the PC culture was working these days. No, I know. We're, we're we're good. We're good. All right. Um. So I I actually just learned that you're from Alaska. I yeah, man. Where where about in Alaska? Uh, if you know where Fairbanks is, I was about thirty miles north in a little town called the Fox. Okay. Um. Yeah, I was about 100 miles south of uh, of the Arctic Circle. Stupid cold. Uh, ridiculously stupid cold. I mean, like, when it gets up to zero degrees, I'm in shorts. Like, pretty freaking cold. Right. Um, yeah, I uh, I lived in Ketchikan, if you know where that is, over yes. the summer. Really? Yeah. What brought you up to Ketchikan? Uh I got a job offer working at some stupid jewelry shop up there because that's all Ketchikan is, and uh, yep, yep, and uh, just for the summer during uh, during the, the the cruise season, and so I worked there for the summer, had a great time, made some gr- great friends, and then I came back. 
you made the smart decision not staying for winter. Right. Um, although down there in Ketchikan, it's not nearly as bad. A lot more snow, but a lot, a lot warmer. Um, right. Just to just to give a reference, I don't know what the coldest you've ever been in, but uh, forty below for about a month, month and a half, no bueno. Um, right. Jesus. Yeah. No, it's stupid cold. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've lived all across the country. I was a military brat growing up. So, um, from the Pacific Northwest to Alaska, Wyoming, like, you now know somebody was born in Cheyenne, Wyoming, like that state doesn't exist. I, I believe in that conspiracy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we push that conspiracy here. Um, <laughs> see, perfect. That's, that's going to be real awkward to tell Spike one day, uh, you know, the, you know, Jason, you know, Jason was born in Wyoming. I've- I think I told him on one of his posts because he posted that. And I was like, yeah, I was born there. I still don't believe it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember that. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, um, man, we just went off on a huge tangent. But, we did. Uh, but so now we're going to get a, uh, a state of emergency for this wall. Oh. Um, All right. I have to preface this with. The wall will not be effective as what President Trump thinks it will or as what people who advocate for the wall um, believe it will be. The wall will be a hurdle. It will stop some of it. It will deflect some of it, but it will not have the impact that will be what uh, is being projected by that side. Um, when President Trump claims the national emergency, there's going to be a huge issue with that. Uh, hopefully, Harry Truman and his... Uh, him being denied will be will be the same that happens here. His is obviously a, a, a different situation um, where he was trying to nationalize the railroad system right dur- during the war. Um, Trump's is obviously for an entirely different situation. The president that this is a national emergency is of course subjective. It's not it's not clear. Um, so he's going to have have to battle in courts over that. Um, but can, can we, can we just agree that the immigration problem, how about instead of trying to stop the immigration, we solve the immigration issue? Right. Like, can, can we do that? Like in, instead of, <laughs> instead of, uh, you know, just trying to keep everybody out, there may be a better, better policy, a better way to do this. Like we may take an Ellis Island approach to things. Hang out for two weeks in El Paso. Hang out for two weeks in El Paso. Get a physical. Make sure you don't have any weird diseases that you know we don't have here, and uh, that you're vaccinated. Please be vaccinated. I don't care what those people say out there who are anti-vax. Please be vaccinated. Um, be vaccinated so you're not bringing anything weird on in, and uh, you know, register and bam, you're in. Eventually eventually oh also we have to get rid of the welfare state uh that's the other big part um if we get rid of the welfare, and the war on drugs and the war on drugs uh if we end the war on drugs if we get rid of the welfare state and we do an ellis island type approach people will stop coming here in droves mainly if we get yeah. rid of the welfare state and end the war on drugs that and then uh you know if we want to combat human trafficking let's just make prostitution legal again like right we could we could easily solve these things if we would just get back to the principle of two consenting adults can do what they want with each other. Whatever they want with each other. 
as long as it's not infringing upon somebody else, as long as it's not hurting somebody else, as long as it's not violating the rights of somebody else, as long as consent is granted, why, why, who, what gives a third party this authority over them? Um, and that would obviously destroy the, the, the war on drugs, the, the war on prostitution, the war on consensual sex, unless you, um, here's, here's another side note. So two consenting adults have sex. No problem. Right. Two consenting adults have sex. Money is transferred. Huge issue. Huge issue. Somebody recorded it and posted it online. Suddenly, ah, government's Total hands time. off. Total Go ahead. <laughs> right. I could, I could hire a prostitute, which I would never do. Um, I could hire a prostitute, bring her here to have sex right here, live stream it, not illegal. Yep. If I do it one room, right. If I do it one room over, I'm a felon. Yeah, it's it's so stupid. Um, speaking of, did you see that um, up there in Rhode Island, they accidentally legalized prostitution and watched rapes drop drastically? Drastically. It was just like, oh wow, weird. You allow people to 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 transact with each other, and then suddenly there's not a quote unquote black market or quote unquote people just breaking the law and infringing upon people. That's a crazy idea. Right. Could, could we apply this and, and this lesson? Can we learn the lesson of prohibition and just apply it for, for all substances, for all activities? Right. For, for all vices. <laughs> um, be beautiful. Right. Cause I mean, in my mind and a lot of people are going to disagree with this in my mind, somebody getting off of work and coming home and wanting to relax and unwind with you know, a, a scotch or a whiskey or something like that. Totally legal. In my mind, it is the exact same thing. And I'm going to remind everybody, I've been sober for like four and a half years, but it's the exact same thing as somebody wanting to come home and unwind and relax by shooting a needle in their vein full of heroin. Yeah. To me, it's the exact same thing. Neither one of these two things is a crime. When it becomes a crime is when the guy that's drinking goes out and drives and hits somebody or when the guy that's on heroin commits a crime in order to afford more heroin. Yep. That's the crime. The crime itself is not injecting the needle or drinking. Yes, absolutely right. Um, you ever touch on the Portugal topic at all? Uh, how when they, they didn't legalize, they, um, what they, they decriminalized, decriminalized everything. everything. And the uh, amount of drug overdose, they started treating it as a health problem as opposed to yep. a legal issue. And the amount of overdoses dropped, the amount of addicts dropped. Uh, oh. People would get arrested for possession because you would still get in trouble for it, sort of. Like you would get brought in and then they would say, do you want treatment or do you want to go? And then the people that wanted treatment got treatment. But that treatment is still cheaper than putting people through the penal system. Yes. It's not the perfect yes. system, but it's better than what we're doing here now. Absolutely. I, I mean, yeah, it, it's better in every sense of the way. Plus, on top of that, the drugs are being manufactured in a safe environment because the government gets to watch it. And right. so somehow that makes it more safe. But you, when you have people competing, there's at least some transparency there, right? If I'm if I, if I was doing heroin and or doing doing crack or doing whatever it is right there's an opportunity for somebody to say look i want to give my my customers a, a better high i want to increase my 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 uh my customer base and so i want to have somebody overdose 
And so, you know, adding fentanyl, adding in uh, drugs that would uh, help induce that, that happens there. It wouldn't happen in in a in an actual free market where where there is transparency because it's like you know even when it comes to marijuana what we see from people right now is in legalized states they'll say i don't need medicinal grade i can still go to a dispensary but i can get the lower grade stuff because i just need something to take the edge off i'm not trying to trying to get messed up and so giving people an option giving people that uh, ability to choose i i and and going off of your your argument that uh it's not a crime for the drug. It's a crime that is committed after the fact and you can conflate it to the drug, but that's, that's inaccurate. Right. There's just, there's just nothing there to, to really stand on the ground that says you get to control the way somebody else lives their life. Right. And uh listener watcher, I don't know. Somebody, one of the comments, uh, Fotini Henderson says, but prison industries are huge. It's the biggest employer in Wisconsin. It's also one of the biggest employers here in the state of Florida. And that is actually part of the issue. One of the largest, um, one of the largest groups going against legalized marijuana are the police forces because that's where they make a lot of their money is on these minor drug busts. Yep. That is, uh, civil, uh, Civil asset forfeiture. Thank you. I was. I, yeah. I had all three words. Uh, they just weren't. They were jumbled. <laughs> it was like a sentence dyslexia. Um, civil asset forfeiture. That is where they get so much of the money that they use in order to continue doing things that I personally think are definitely immoral. Um, that is why this is going to be the hard, one of the harder fights to end up winning. Like, yeah, we're, and like we said earlier in the show, we have to start with marijuana. Once we get marijuana, maybe we can take like the Oregon route and, you know, go with like mushrooms. And then, yep. you know, after mushrooms, it's like, okay, well now we can kind of branch that out a little bit. And eventually, granted, not in my lifetime, probably. Uh, yeah. All the, man, I ain't gonna lie. If they legalize heroin, I would probably, I would probably relapse. Um, <laughs> nah, man. at least you're honest about it. I am. Um, it's it's not about staying sober forever. It's about staying sober today. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, that's my entire theory on it. I'm not. I, people are like, are you gonna never? You know, are you never gonna drink again? And like, I don't know. I'm not gonna drink today, and probably yeah. not gonna drink tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I I also quit drinking, so, well, I can't say quit. I have heavily reduced my drinking. Um, I might have a beer here or there with dinner. Right. Um, But it's never like, hey, you want to go out to to the bar and have a couple drinks? I'll go have a beer and hang out with people. You know, I don't want to be, like, socially awkward and be there with my water and being like, yeah, guys, what's up? Um, Yeah, that's a real fun moment, by the way. I I have been that guy. It's... It's so, yeah, no, I've had to be that guy as well. Um, It's just not, it's just not enjoyable at all. So it's just like, all right, I'll have a beer and I'll at least look like I'm playing the part. And, um, but it's, I don't know. So we, we, we went from a wall down to this and and (laughs) I I do love it, but you know, like, like what you're saying, like end the war on drugs end the war on poverty end the war on the welfare state end all of these remove the incentive for people to come here other than to provide a better life for themselves. Exactly. If we move back to the constitutional basis, right? We would be at the same thing, right? There's no basis for taking from one to giving to another. Um, If 
I don't know if you've read the book or not. It's a real short one called uh, It's Not Yours to Give. Right. I, ha- um, I haven't read it. I think I have it behind me, but I have not read it. Oh, man. It's a beautiful one, man. Horacio Bunce in that book just lays it out to Davy Crockett in such a beautiful way. He was like, look, it's it's literally not yours to give. Don't don't take the money from one person to give to another. Don't don't starve a family in taxes just to give to somebody that's going through a hardship. Right. Don't cause the hardship to, to save a hardship. And uh, it's, we have to be moving back. And, and I know like us libertarians, us people that are in favor of the individual and all that, we see this. And, and the struggle has been how do we get more people to open up on this? And this is actually what I really love about uh, Spike's show is taking on people and being like, I'm an anarchist. Let's go. I'm going to talk to you for the next two hours. And if it's only two hours, Spike is must be tired. If it's only two hours. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, if I can move the needle in some way with you, right. It's a success, which I mean, more people like that. Right. And I mean, that's the joke that I've been telling him because you know, I've, I consider myself much like you, a constitutional minarchist. Um, I almost put the emphasis on the wrong syllable there. And (laughs) That was going to sound real weird, but a constitutional minarchist. And, uh, but the longer I've been doing the show with Spike is I'm leaning further and further into, yeah, I see why we don't actually need the state at mm-hmm. all. Like I've yeah. been more of like the local, like I get it. If you want a local government, I understand it. I get it. If you want, you know, like if the people, if you move to a town with the understanding that they have a local government, that's fine. You're doing that voluntarily. If you move to a town that doesn't have a local government, you are doing that voluntarily. Like that's yeah. kind of where I'm at with it. But I am getting kind of to the point where I'm like, eh, do we really need the old Gulfport City Council? No, not really. Uh, I'm kind of getting there. Um, which, yeah. If they ever parse this back and I ever run for City Council here, uh, I'm pretty certain they'll bring that up. Um, that's you, fine. You said to say. <laughs> Just, just blame it on their their ineffectiveness to be uh, proud standing Americans, and you know, right. do we really need people that are not the the best? <laughs> That's why I'm running to represent much better. See, right. you just turn it around. Just turn it's it around on them. Right, it's all about spin. <laughs> um, so, uh, we actually, we actually have big news to announce. Uh oh, are you? Are, if you're ready to announce this news. I you... am absolutely ready. Okay. I've been excited for this. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we actually have big news to announce. I'm actually very pleased that I'm the one that gets to announce this. Uh, starting in March, starting in March, Jason, Mr. Murica, the Bearded Truth, will be airing on Muddied Waters Media on Mondays and Fridays. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, this is actually his first show on Muddied Waters Media, and he is actually the new host of the show, of his own show on Muddied Waters Media. So we are going to be having a show every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for all of the watching, listening, and viewing pleasures of everybody out there. And we're giving you as much of a spectrum as we possibly can <laughs> across libertarian ideals. So we're actually very excited to have you on. Um, when Spike and I first started talking about it, uh, it didn't take us long to be like, yeah, this seems like it would be a great fit. I I am – so I'm probably going to give too much information, but it's fine. Um, 
two nights ago was when this conversation started and I was laying in bed and my wife was like, well, why are you getting all giddy? Why are you getting all excited right now? I was like, don't you worry about this woman, this is man <laughs> stuff over here. <laughs> and it's, it's truly an honor. And, and I, I, I hope that I can, I can slide in seamlessly and, and really provide, uh, the same quality that you guys provide. And, and I'm beyond uh, grateful for, for this opportunity. And I, I look forward to, to getting to know all the, the viewers and, and having a big old giant Liberty family. Right. It's going to be beautiful. No. And you know, like this is like the first time you and I have actually like spoken and the way the conversation went, I was like, this is going to work out so well. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be great because I, you know, we all, we all have our our differences and we all have our strengths right. and and I think at the end of the day America's going to love us cuz right. we're going to be we're going to be changing hearts and minds out here I know we're we're the face of uh we're we're the new media like everybody's getting tired of your Fox News and your CNNs and your MSNBCs and they're turning to people like you and me because well Either they make really, objectivity, right? It's either they make really poor decisions or they make great ones. I haven't really decided which one it is yet, <laughs> but um, yeah, like it's truly an honor to have you on my show and also to be able to say that you're going to be one of the host of the new Muddied Waters Media show. Dude, oh man, I I feel like I'm winning an award right now. Like it's <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's fantastic, man. I am I'm beyond stoked and and i cannot wait um i know we're gonna we're gonna grow together we're gonna do huger hugely things hugely bigly things bigly things <laughs> um eventually you know trump's gonna have to you know he's gonna look out to the people on on one of his state of the unions and say you know but uh muddy waters media it's the best you know it i, I know, know it. it everybody knows it. you know it i know it everybody knows it They've got a bigly audience. Um, yeah. I, uh, but yeah, again, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, you have a show tomorrow? Tomorrow. Tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern. 7 p.m. Eastern. They can find that on the Tube of You and on uh, the Twitter. Yes, sir. Uh, yep. If you guys find me on there on uh, Twitter, you guys, Twitter and Periscope, you can find me at Mr. Bearded Truth. Um, YouTube, I haven't hit the 100 subscribers yet, so if you guys want to hook me up with that, um, we do have the link posted down below. Yep. Um, but if you guys want to help me out with that, that would be super appreciated because I do want to change that to also being uh, Mr. Beard of Truth. Find me on there. Tune in for the show tomorrow night. We're going to talk a, a little bit about what we talked about tonight and uh, and go on and grow in a couple other other little events around the country. Beautiful. And then uh, next week, we've got a brand new episode of the flagship program, Muddied Waters of Freedom, on Tuesday night. Uh, and then Spike will have a brand new episode of My Fellow Americans on Wednesday. And then next Thursday, I will be right back here with an all-new guest on uh, for uh, whatever, this show, uh, The Writer's Block. Um <laughs> we're getting so many i'm having trouble keeping up now uh i'm forgetting my own show but uh for the writer for the writer's block next thursday so all new episodes coming up and then starting in march we're gonna have 
Mr. America, the Bearded Truth on Mondays and Fridays as well. So just a full week of Liberty uh, Media just trying to get you to see that mainstream media sucks. Yes. Um, uh, Fotini Henderson says congratulations and she says that she needs you here she's listening in on Spike Cohen's but I need the whole rainbow felt like I jumped in the deep end of the pool (laughs) oh she doesn't understand what I I think she means she doesn't understand what Spike is saying on his show and that's fine I don't understand what Spike says half the time yeah I mean it, it's just uh, if we had subtitles, it would be like mumbles and, and anarchists. Right. <laughs> <laughs> mumbles uh, and anarchists. I'm going to put that up under his picture next time. It's going to be mumbles and anarchists. <laughs> he's going to be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's probably going to laugh at that, but just oh, yeah. be a little bit upset. Uh, everybody. <laughs> Everybody else, remember, you can follow this and all of the Muddied Waters media shows at facebook.com slash Muddied Waters of Freedom. You can uh, find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Muddied Waters Media. You can find us on the Instagram at Muddied Waters of Freedom and on Twitter at Muddied underscore Waters. And this and every single episode from Muddied Waters Media is available at muddiedwatersoffreedom.com. I did that out of order, and it messed with my brain so badly. Um, but you nailed it, though, nonetheless. <laughs> nailed it. Nailed Give me it. my gold. Right. <laughs> Woo. Again, thank you so much for coming on. Hang out for two minutes, and uh, we'll talk after uh, I end this stream. To everybody else, we will see you next week. Have a great weekend, and if you happen to not be single and lonely like the host of this show, have a great Valentine's Day. I am swinging from a seven-story window Throwing parties in a ten-by-seven cell It's just standing the legs I'll go To convince the whole damn world I don't need anybody's help Yeah, I am waving while I drown Don't bother swimming out to save me I will only drag you down I'll try to use your body as a life raft Cause if there's room enough for one There must be room enough for two I'll sail the good ship you into the sunset Sipping on savory water So my liver turns blue na
for myself It's a standard The lengths I'll go To convince the whole damn world I don't need anybody's help